Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So there's supposed to be a big declassification today. Kind of weird that this impeachment's going on right when President Trump declassifies uh, apparently a foot-high series of documents about the Spygate debacle, uh, which could have some interesting stuff in there. I'll tell you what I think is in there. Could be quite interesting. Also, more breaking news. We were told there were absolutely no leftists involved in this disaster at the Capitol um, on Wednesday. And uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. But truth mattered. I thought we were trying to battle, as AOC said, misinformation and disinformation. I thought we I thought we were doing that. I guess not. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, get a VPN today. Protect your online activity from prying eyeballs. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the show. I've got that. I've also got my money talks and BS walks segment. I told you you could do things to impact Twitter and Facebook if you were, if you so desired on the financial front. Um, and it seems to be working. And a lot more. Uh, welcome to Dan Bongino's show. Let's get right to it. Let's talk about censorship on social media sites and what you can do about it. The left wants to silence you and remove any voices they don't agree with. Twitter and Facebook were supposed to be open platforms. Ha! Ha! I don't need their content moderators acting like the op-ed section of the New York Times. So instead of letting social media sites revoke your right to free speech, how about revoking their right to your data? Sounds fair. That's why we use ExpressVPN here. And you should too. Ever wonder how free to access sites like Facebook make all their money? Well, they sell you by tracking your searches, video history, everything you click on, and then sell your valuable data. When you use ExpressVPN, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. Makes your activity difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. And ExpressVPN couldn't be easier to set up. Just tap one button on your phone or computer and you're protected. If I can do it, you can do it. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data, protects you from hackers and internet bad guys. It's finally time to say no to censorship and take back your online privacy today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. You hear them every day at the start of my show. By visiting my special link, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino, expressvpn.com slash Bongino to protect your data today. Again, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, hey. um, even though it's been a terrible week, we've been doing it for uh, almost a year now. You have to give our audience something in your best 1960s game show <laughs> voice of on this Friday, please. It's Friday! <laughs> that was a rather uh, loud one. There you yeah. go. Good to hear from Storing uh, Producer Joe on the worst 1960s game show voice. It brings us back to the halcyon days uh, when everybody was unified in their idea that America was a great place and we should also speak freely. <laughs> Oh, the Halcyon days. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this show. Yeah, we got to get that thing down there. Express VPN. All right, uh, one thing I want to address quickly here. Oh, the bell. Yeah. I forgot the bell. How did I forget the bell? I, I How did, did I forget the bell? I got it. it was That's unforgivable. <laughs> if that happens again, do just that. Just override just, me and just ring the bell. Just walk that, on you. Just ring the bell. Don't listen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't wait for my cues. Yeah. I appreciate Smash. that. You, you know, got it, man. You've been well, working with me long enough I to take some kind of a leadership yeah. role here. Good for yeah, you. Cool. <laughs> All right. Before I get to the content, uh, so I was watching Fox News this morning, and um, you know, I'm a contributor there, of course. And uh, Juan Williams was on, and just again spouting misinformation, and it's really getting offensive. You go, oh my gosh, well you work with Juan, yeah, that's fine. It's not personal. This is just professional. Uh, you think you'd be on the air and you'd want to have your facts in front of you? I just want to debunk quickly two things he said. I mean, you know, pretty much uh, most of what he says lately has been just uh, off the charts 
crazy. But one of the things he said uh, when I was watching this morning on Fox was interesting. Um, he claimed in a debate, I use air quotes debate because one guy brought the facts and then Juan bought his, you know, brought his weird, you know, conjectures and nonsense. Juan was like, hey, Parler, Parler was taken down the social media return of to Twitter, which I'm an investor in, you know, basically saying oh, they don't have any terms of service on that stuff. So I, I just did, you know, Joe, the, the terms of service on Parler. What? If you go to Parler, yeah. when we get back up, of course, you can actually look the terms of service up. Yeah. Matter of fact, you can probably just go to like any social media platform and put Parler terms of service. You can see them. So I was just checking. So I looked at the Parler terms of service and Juan's insisting we have no terms of service about violence or inciting violence. So I checked the terms of service and uh, here's what I got. And it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Parler's terms of service. Thank you, Paula, for labeling that. She actually wrote Parler's terms of service. And maybe as if I was going to forget. Uh, it prohibits serious expressions of an intent to commit an act of unlawful violence to a particular individual or group of individuals. That's 6.11A. Okay. Uh, 6.12. It also uh, prohibits an explicit or implicit encouragement to use violence or to commit a lawless action. Ah, oh, yeah, that's weird. Maybe Juan should do his homework before he goes on the air and starts spouting lies and stupidity. I'm, I'm just, it's just a suggestion. But of course, Juan's credibility won't be questioned by anyone because Juan's a leftist. But man, you work with Juan. Don't care. Don't care. Nice guy, time's over. Juan doesn't know what he's talking about. Those terms of service are there. When we're back up, which will be soon, I don't care what anybody's telling you, you can look them up yourself. You know, journalisming. But no, one gets to say what he also brought up another uh, ridiculous absurdity, which I'm going to discredit for you. Because, again, if you're interested in facts, he said that. And Bill Barr, the uh, former attorney general. Bill Barr said himself about the election. There was no fraud. Um, he said that because I looked up what he said. And as somebody said, he said there was no widespread fraud. You can look that up. There's a difference. In yesterday's show, we actually discussed a woman who was arrested on allegations of voter fraud in Texas. So no, no, no fraud arrest. Again, you just don't know what you're talking about. You know what? It's easy for you to go on the air, Juan, and attack people like Parler and me, an investor in Parler, who's poured a substantial amount of my money into the company because it's not yours. So what do you care? You just want to break stuff. They don't have time service. That's they don't. You want to just look that up maybe before you make a fool of yourself on the air. Just a suggestion. These are the smart people, supposedly. Juan still believes in the peepee hoax. All right, moving on. Totally sidetracked my show right before I got on the air. Uh, Washington Examiner. So we were also told in more media misinformation. Again, the misinformation, you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is almost exclusively from leftist media types. What were we told about the disaster on Capitol Hill? It was all Trump supporters. All of it. All of it. You dare mention Antifa or BLM or leftists. May have been, folks, and let me be crystal, crystal clear. Horse blinders, or as someone told me, they call them horse blinkers. I don't yeah, know if he's making that up. Or yeah. I'm not a horse guy. Mm -hmm. Do they call them horse yeah, blinkers? Okay, maybe the guy was right. The track, especially. Yeah, yeah, good. See, Joe knows. Joe knows a little bit about everything. Joe's a smart, smart person. I'm like stupid, smart people I'm dealing with lately. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> if you only, maybe I'll write a book one day. We were told there were no leftists involved. 
Granted, ladies and gentlemen, the majority of people up there were not leftists. But we told them we're no left. Don't even dare bring it up because we're leftists in the media. We're telling you what to talk about. Whenever you tell me not to talk about something, I only talk about it more. So that strategy is clearly not working. Washington Examiner. Eh, weird, Joe. I, I, you know, I, facts, truth. I thought we were battling misinformation. There were no leftists involved at all. Hmm. Strange. Washington Examiner. BLM activist who documented his time inside the U.S. Capitol during Trump riots wanted to, quote, see the truth. Uh... BLM active. Did I admit, Paul, did I read that? Paul is shaking her head. No, I did not read that headline wrong. I thought we were told there were no leftists at all. At all. And don't you dare bring it up. <laughs> I love when you tell me what not to bring up. That's hysterical. So in case you're thinking, ah, oh, well, the Washington Examiner, they're a center-right outlet. They're definitely lying. Ah, weird. Here's the United States Department of Justice's criminal complaint against a guy by the name of John Sullivan. Huh, crazy. All conspiracy theories, I'm sure. John Sullivan, the BLM activist that the Washington Examiner is discussing in their headline, once inside the Capitol, roamed the building with other individuals who unlawfully entered. During one of his interactions with others, Sullivan can be heard in the video saying, quote, we got to get this mm, burned, expletive. At other times, as he's walking through the Capitol, Sullivan can be heard saying, among other things, it's our house, mother, uh -uh, and we're getting this rhymes with hit. Uh, weird, weird. The leftist media, Joe, demanded, gave us their orders. You will not mention any BLM Antifa, any. It was all, everyone, Trump support. Don't you dare... Okay, uh, sure, I don't listen to any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But that seems awfully weird that the government is swearing under oath that one of these leftist guys, and again, these are allegations and a complaint. I'm not a leftist, and unlike leftists, I believe in due process. I know they don't. So we'll see what Mr. Sullivan says in response to this um, and his legal team says. But it's just really weird how the government would put that in a charging document. Just really weird. Again, he's entitled to his day in court like anyone else. We'll see what he says. Showing you how damaging, again, the truth, the truth is to the left, the left that's supposedly involved in a campaign to combat misinformation as they're actively involved in promoting misinformation. It's just weird how that happens. It's just crazy. PolitiFact, ha, PolitiFact, PolitiFarce is probably a better name. Look at this one. Showing you, again, how the left wants you to, you must uh, say every time it was 100% Trump supporters. It may have been 98%, 99%. I don't know, but you will not, well, you will say 100% or we will deplatform you. Ah, fine, go ahead. Lived a good life, it's great. Paul and I were like, eh, we'll go live in an island somewhere. PolitiFact. They rate as mostly false, Joe. The mostly false is mostly false. Hmm. Saying that left-wing activist John Sullivan incited the insurgents of the U.S. Capitol. That's mostly false, Joe. That's polit PolitiFact said that. Hmm. Okay. Polit yeah. PolitiFarce. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So clearly it's false. We should just not mention mm. that at all. PolitiFact has said it was false. So I guess yeah. the government's lying too. I'm just, Joe, I'm just checking again. Yeah. But if the allegations in this complaint are, 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 are proven in court or if Mr. Sullivan pleads guilty to them mm -hmm. and the allegations are he was inside the Capitol saying we're going to burn this rhymes with hit down mm -hmm. 
I call that incitement. Did, that, well, yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. Well, sounds inciting to me. If those yeah. are proven, yeah. if those allegations are proven, right? I would just, I, I, I don't, I'd call that. I don't know. But Politifact said, <laughs> "Don't worry, yeah. they said it's false. So don't dare, don't dare talk about it." Politifact said so. Here's a video from an account of a guy by the name uh, goes by the name Jaden X, alleged to be Mr. Sullivan, of course. Here's a video from inside the Capitol where he's talking to a woman. I'm waiting on confirmation on something there. And he says at one point, Joe had a bleep and expletive out at the end. He's inside the Capitol. He says, uh, uh, we did it. You, d- you did what? I thought there were, I thought there were no, I thought this was all 100% Trump support. We're not supposed to mention anybody else because you've told us, you've made demands. <laughs> demands, that's funny. Check out this video. Quite interesting. I'll give you your hug now. We did it. <laughs> I was trying to tell you. I, I couldn't say much. You were right. <laughs> you just have to wash my chair. Oh my God. Is this not going to be the best film you've ever made in your life? No. That's it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah? Hell yeah. Wait, you weren't recording, were you? I'll delete But I didn't record you or me. It was just voices. So lady says to him, uh, we did it. He's like, hey, is this not going to be the best day? Huh? Best day. Probably one of the worst days in the modern history. It's going to be the best day. Wait, 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 what? Thought we weren't allowed to talk about that. Hmm. Talk about whatever we want. But thanks for playing. All right, moving on. Little bit of good news. Just the news. Just the news is the website. John Solomon's excellent site. This story will be in the show notes along with that Washington Examiner story if you care to read it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have been piling in just a quick programming note and an ask. I'm sorry about all the asks, but again, I need you now. Um, I need you. I'm not shy asking. I need your help. There's power in numbers and I can't do this alone. Please go subscribe for my email list. I'm not sure how long we'll be able to communicate with you via other means. I'm not kidding. Obviously, we've been iced out of parlor. I'm not posting on Twitter. My email list, you can subscribe there at bongino.com slash newsletter. It's free, of course. There's no money involved at all. All we do, we do not, uh, you know, we we don't share your email list with other organizations. But bongino.com slash newsletter, you will get my email every morning with all of these articles in there. You'll find this article as well. This is the Money Talks and BS Walk segment of the show. It's just the news.com. Twitter and Facebook. After their Trump bans, see a combined 51 billion in losses. Investors react negatively to surprise banishment of the sitting president. <laughs> if there was ever, Joe, a Nelson Muntz from the Simpsons moment, <laughs> this is it. Remember when Bart falls out of the tree and breaks his arm? And, and, he, and they're like, Nelson, why are you laughing? But I said it. <laughs> Got Twitter stock, Facebook stock. Listen, I can't tell you what to do. You do what you want with your own personal income. I'm just suggesting to you, you think it's a good business decision to ruthlessly attack 75 million Americans and the president they voted for? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I, I mean, even if you're a trillion dollar company and a huge monopoly like the big three are, Facebook, Apple, and Google, you probably don't want to lose upwards of 75 million customers. I'm just guessing, probably not a good idea. Probably not. You know, I did an MBA at Penn State. That means I'm really smart. 
I'm Joe. Of course, I'm Joe. You know, I hate that. You know, that's the worst thing ever. I, I hate academic elitists. Look at me. I went to business school. Great. What did I tell you before? Some of the stupidest people I work with ever are the smart, are the smart people with air I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Give me a guy. This is not a joke. Give me a guy with an 85 IQ who knows his limitations any day of the week and twice on Sunday over a guy with 130 IQ who doesn't. Not a joke. I've learned that lesson the hard way. What did William F. Buckley say? He'd rather pick the first hundred names randomly in the phone book to govern them than the people in D.C. Is that what Buckley said? He was onto something. Ladies and gentlemen, your wallet matters. And these are private companies that thrive on your greenbacks going their way, buying up their stock, using their product. I told you, you don't have to do everything. I gave you a list of asks this, asks this week to fight back. Better make sure you get that K in there. I gave you asks this week. Uh, and, and please, I, I'm, I'm not, I make no demands upon you. I'm in no position to do that. You're all free people and you have to determine what's best for you in your life. And I understand that. But I'm telling you, I hate boycotts, but uh, boycotts are the only way to fight back. I'm not using Amazon anymore to purchase products. I haven't posted on Twitter in, I don't know, I don't know what it is, five, six, seven days now. I don't plan on posting on Twitter again. And I explained to you, being a part owner of a social media company myself, that what appeals to Twitter needs money to operate. So does Facebook, right? They need money. No one's volunteering there. Are there any volunteer? I mean, there may be like one. I don't know. Is anybody volunteer? My, my guess, and I don't think this is venturing too far out into the wasteland. My guess is that Twitter and Facebook, most of their employees are in fact paid. Just checking, maybe outside of a few interns. They're paid by money for the liberals. When the money dries up, so does everything else. So how does, and again, being behind the scenes at a social media company, I can tell you what appeals to people who invest in your company and give you money are metrics and numbers. They don't want to hear about your flowery political visions because it's their money at stake. You want me as Twitter to loan you money? You want me to invest in your company? You want me to buy your platform? Well, show me why it's worth my while. Well, what Twitter comes back and says is, hey, we have whatever, 100 million users and 25 million daily active users, DAUs. Don't ever forget that I'm giving you a lot of inside baseball. And advertisers go, wow. You have 25 million people who we can speak to who are daily active users on your platform. I want to buy. Here's $100,000 for sponsored ad campaigns. When those daily active users stop, that's why I told you, it's not even essential that you shut your account down on Twitter. I haven't shut mine down. Just stop posting. Their daily active users will plummet and advertisers are going to be like, I know what Twitter will say. We got 100 million accounts. You do? Well, how many are actually on the platform using it? Ah, we're down by 75%. We're only, we're, you know, there's only what, 7 million people or so. Forgive me if my math was off. Only 7 million of people who are daily active. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk to people who are on your platform, but not on your platform. Thanks. We'll take our business elsewhere. Your voice matters too. Twitter, Facebook, just stop posting. Pick one. I understand you're limited. Amazon, why are you buying anything from Amazon? Clearly, investors are starting to take... Wait, wait, I thought these investors were liberals too. Yeah, but when they start losing money, it's different. They're selling their Twitter and Facebook stock. (laughs) Just weird how that happens. 
Totally crazy time. Liberals ban the president. They're calling up their brokers, Joe, in the next minute. Sell Twitter stock. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The 75 million of us, we're not going to be ignored. One more story on not being ignored, by the way. Check out this AP story. I recommended this. I got a lot of news to get through. Friday is always like news dump day where I got to get through all the stuff I didn't get through during the week. It's been sitting in my inbox forever. I email myself stories so I remember to talk about them. Weird, I know. It's not the greatest, most efficient show prep, but it works. AP, defiance of the virus dining bans grow as restaurants flounder. Jillian Flackis, Associated Press. What did I tell you about months ago? I mean, so how's this related to the Twitter story? 75 million of us have market power. When you start selling your stocks and you stop using these platforms, these platforms can't sell you as a commodity anymore. Weird. Also really weird, what I suggested to you before is people are not going to go bankrupt. Desperate people have nothing to lose. And when desperate people have nothing to lose, they will eventually get together, form local consortiums of businesses that say, you know what? We're just not going to listen to these virus closures anymore. I'm just reporting the news. That's exactly what's happening right now. I got to feed my kids. I'm going to open up. When one business opens up, the health department comes after them. When a thousand businesses open up, what's the health department going to do? They have like four inspectors. What are they going to do? They're finding that out now that there's not much they can do. I told you it was going to happen. You always have to overcome what they call in economics, the prisoner's dilemma. How is it that a hundred corrections officers in a prison officers can keep control of 10,000 inmates or whatever it is? It's because thankfully the inmates have a coordination problem. Hey, let's break out. The other guy goes, yeah, I'll do it. One guy doesn't trust the other guy's going to do it. So they don't do it. It reminds me of a situation I had in high school. I went to Archbishop Malloy in uh, Jamaica, Queens. And I never forget one day the seniors were like, something happened in high school. I don't remember. It wasn't even some liberal thing. It was like, we're all going to walk out at noon. And every student was like, yeah. You know how many people walked out? Take a stab at it, Joe. How many people you think walked out? Uh, 10. There were like 1,600 people in school. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something really How many do you think we did? Below 100. Yeah. Below 100. How about zero? <laughs> None of them. Even the organizers. Because they were afraid the other guy wouldn't do it. Uh-huh. It's called the prisoner's dilemma. All right. But- the prisoner's dilemma, the coordination problem where you don't trust the other guy's going to actually do it so you don't do it, is generally overcome with repeated trials. Hmm. After days and days of figuring out who's trustworthy or not, if there's some high school walkout, eventually people are going to walk out when they figure out I can trust this guy and they'll do it. Restaurants and others are figuring out how to coordinate and get past the prisoner's dilemma. I warned you. Again, I warned governments that this was going to happen. You can't bankrupt your citizens forever. People are learning also how to overcome the prisoner's dilemma and how to fight back against big tech. I'm not suggesting the stock won't recover ever. These businesses are finished. I'm just suggesting to you that we can figure out ways to fight back too. And if you think for a minute, Twitter and Facebook are celebrating the fact that $51 billion in value has been wiped out. I got a bridge in Palm City, Florida to sell you super cheap right now, a buck or less. All right, uh, let me move on. Let me get to my second sponsor first. I've got a montage video coming up next. Another thing I warned you about. Sorry, I don't mean to sound like uh, the Stygian witches here. Give me the eye. Making predictions, but, you know, again, you're not wasting your time. Pretty much what I tell you is going to happen on the show always happens. Be very aware of the enablers narrative. Now that they feel like they've taken out Parler and President Trump, 
They're coming for you next. The enablers. Did I not tell you that? Remember that one, Joe? You're next. Yep. They're going to go down the line. I'll show you this montage proving my point. Today's show brought to you by My Patriot Supply. In times of crisis or natural disaster, could there be anything worse than running out of food? No, I can't think of anything. That would really suck. You need to prepare in advance with long-term storage food that lasts up to 25 years. The moment you need it's now, not when the grocery store shelves are empty. I buy this. My Patriot Supply, I buy it. They can send me stuff for free. I buy it. We have a, Paul is getting mad at me because we're running out of storage. I have so much of it running out of storage space. Now we're into the garage downstairs. I'm not kidding. My Patriot Supply is America's leader in survival food. Their mission is your survival. You ensure everything in your life that matters. Why not ensure your food supply? For the last 12 years, Patriot Supply has supplied millions of people like you. I've arranged for you to save $70 on their popular four-week kit of delicious, nutritious food that gives you 2,000 calories a day. Four weeks of food is the minimum. Minimum you should have. I have a lot more than that. And this kit makes it easy. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com and make the smartest decision in your life right now. Get a four-week kit for each member of your family, every one of them. Go to preparewithdan.com. Save $70 per kit. That's huge. I've got my supply of emergency food. Be ashamed if you didn't have yours. We ensure everything in our lives that matter. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Don't wait. So I warned you about the enablers narrative. I said to you, I think last week and this week as well, that first they'd come after Trump when they feel like they've they've politically uh, destroyed President Trump. They'll move on to platforms, uh, Parler, any other platform uh, that they feel is a free speech platform. And then I said, when they're done with them, when they feel they're done with them, they will come for you next. Uh, You will be the enablers. God forbid you showed up to peacefully protest and voted for President Trump and did nothing wrong at the Capitol. Uh, You will be an enabler too, even though if you had nothing to do with it at all. Tucker had a guest on last night, a singer I'd I'd never heard of before, an Ariel Pink, uh, who apparently has been entirely wiped out of his income and everything else because he showed up at the protest, had nothing to do with the Capitol incident at all. Yeah, that's really strange. I thought they were majority peaceful protesters with BLM and Antifa, and they were supposed to be treated like gods. No, when you're a peaceful protester and you're a conservative, you're to be deplatformed, bankrupted, and financially completely defenestrated. <laughs> yeah. Here's the enablers narrative, as I predicted. Hat tip Grabian, the great Tom uh, Elliott over there, puts together uh, these Grabian montages. Here's about a minute plus montage of the media people going down the chain um, with the enablers narrative. Uh, you're next. Check this out. If you voted for Trump, you voted for the person who the Klan supported. You voted for the person who Nazis support. You talked about al-Qaeda. What has he done in terms of incitement, right, that Osama bin Laden didn't do? No external terrorists ever did this to us. We've never worried like this, even after 9-11. Each of these people should be shamed, and they're going to go back, you know, to the Olive Garden and to their the Holiday Inn that they're staying at. I wonder if you have thought through kind of how Republicans begin what someone on my team earlier today called debathification. Look, I think the challenge is that that the 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 rot is from the grassroots all the way to the presidency. So the rot is at every layer. There are millions of Americans, um, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who somehow need to be deprogrammed. They can't even open their mouths about unity. Shut up about unity. The way that we in the media speak about this is so important. Twitter and Facebook aren't banning you because you're a conservative. They're banning you because you suck. They're banning you because you say evil I covered wars abroad. I've seen ugly things that this country now resembles, but I've never seen this country 
more in doubt about safety at home than right now. And the enemy is us. The enemy is us. You need to be deprogrammed. Joy Reid and MSNBC talking about debathification. Liberals listening probably don't know what that means. Remember the bath party, Saddam Hussein's party in Iraq after we won the war? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, debathification. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Nazis. We get Nazis. Everybody's a Nazi these days with the left. Everyone, everyone's a Nazi or a white supremacist or, yeah. So I rarely do this, but I got an email during the show. You know, we take a quick break after the first sponsor. It's like minutes, that's it. You don't see it during the show, of course, because <laughs> what'd be the point? Hey, let's take a quick break. Listen to me, watch watch me uh, check my email. I was checking and a, and a uh, listener of the show emailed me and said, hey, Dan, what about a third party? And uh, I don't want to get off track because I have a lot of material here and I didn't give Paul any content on this, but it's important. Ladies and gentlemen, a third party in this possible is not technically feasible. I know you don't want to hear that. Someone said, well, why doesn't President Trump start a third party? Let me just explain to you mechanically why as a strategy, the idea in principle is fantastic. Clearly, as I've said to you a thousand times, Although the Republicans are not the answer to our problems, the Democrats are the cause of all our problems. So you're like, well, I don't want to pick the lesser of two evils. No, I do. Because what happens when you don't pick the lesser of two evils is really evil stuff happens. I'd rather delay that. Just checking. There's no principles being exercised in total failure. That's my opinion. You have yours. But the idea that President Trump should start a third party is technically and strategically going to be a disaster. Why? Because ladies and gentlemen, we're not a parliamentary system. We have winner-take-all congressional districts. What does that mean? I, this is actually going to be, I, you know what? I didn't plan this. This is going to be a good segment because I get this question a lot. We have winner-take-all congressional districts. If you run for Congress where I live in Florida's 18th congressional district, the winner of the election is the congressman. In certain parliamentary systems, that's not the way it works. Representation in the parliament is based on who gets what percentage of the vote. You have whatever, the, the Tories, the Greens, the communists. If the communists get 5% of the vote, they get 5% of the representation. That's not the way it works in our Congress. Whoever finishes with the most votes is the congressman. So what's going to happen? The parties with the infrastructure are going to largely win, the Republicans or Democrats. You may say, well, we can build the infrastructure ourselves. Can we? Why not just take over the infrastructure now of the Republican Party where we should own it anyway? Secondly, what's the result of winner-take-all districts? Well, you get representatives in Congress who are largely outside of a few independents who doesn't matter. They caucus with a side either way. You have representation in Congress with Republicans or Democrats who've built an infrastructure to ice you out. So then what's the problem there? So now you have the two branches of government that are elected at the federal level, the executive branch and the legislative branch. We don't elect the Supreme Court or judges at the federal level are only winnable by elections. So you may say, well, why not just run for president as independent? You're not going to win that either. Well, ask Ross Perot, John Anderson. It can't happen. Why? Dan, they could just get the most votes. No, no, that's not the way it works. 
You're going to be fighting an entrenched Republican and Democrats, both of which have failed us. That's why I'm suggesting you the better strategy is to take over the Republican Party with primaries. You're going to have, so what you would have, say there's a three-way race with the legitimate three contenders, like Ross Perot was before he dropped out and then got back in. He was polling 30% of the vote. Ladies and gentlemen, even in a three-way race, let's say it's 33, 33, 33. Independent Ross Perot II, the comeback. The Democrat and the Republican. No one's going to get 270 electoral votes. So what happens then, Joe? It goes to the House of Representatives. And then what happens? You think entrenched Republicans or Democrats, where there's no third significant third party in the House, you think Republicans or Democrats are going to vote for an independent? It's never going to happen. I'm a strategy guy. I don't get paid. I had a dispute with a friend of mine last night over text. Not a dispute, but we're differing on our opinions on something. He's sending me hopey, changey stuff. Hey, hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. A strategy is a strategy. Why not use a primary system to fund actual constitutional conservative candidates? Take over the Republican Party it should be ours anyway. <laughs> And then get a Republican president elected who aligns with our values. Far simpler than trying to rebuild from scratch what we should own anyway. You will never get an independent president. There's no, there is no technical way to make it happen. Because there'll never be a 270 electoral vote majority for a third party in your time. Call me a pessimist. Call me whatever you want. I'm telling you, it's just the realism. The Republican Party is ours. This is a country for the people, by the people. It's not theirs. They don't own it. Why would we give it up? They have email lists, infrastructure, voter vaults, information. That's ours. That's not theirs. Why are we just letting them have it to build something from scratch? That doesn't make any sense. I understand your passion, and man, do I respect it. But I am a strategy guy. And you remember the Mike Tyson line. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. The third party plan will punch you in the face right away as we get routed nationwide. And we can't win the presidency that way. It's not a parliamentary system. Did that help, Paula? Did it make sense, Joe? Yeah, I'm glad I you did I just need that. some confirmation because oh, I, no. I didn't intend that as part of the show. Yeah, that's a good right, one. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you like See, Paula said she gets it a lot too. She reads mm-hmm. a lot of her emails. All right, let me get to my third sponsor. I want to get to a very important segment of the show. Declassification, which sadly came too late of the Spygate stuff. Way too late. But I'll take it. Sometimes better late than never. (sighs) Two terrible options. Joe's favorite sponsor. Glad to have them back. Our friends at Rock Auto. Hey. Joe loves Rock Auto. And Joe's a musician. Maybe you should all the parts your car will live in. Rock Auto. My daughter sings that song. And my daughter likes to throw in dot com. Chain stores have, Paula hates it. She hates my singing voice, but it's okay. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers like Joe. That's why Joe loves rockauto.com. Their prices are the same for everyone. And they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everyone, doesn't require a membership or any fancy account logins. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com, the shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Stop overpaying. They have everything. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even carpet. That's right. 
Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, and prices you prefer. Best of all, their prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for the pros and do-it-yourselfers. Stop spending up to twice as much for the same parts. They're literally the same parts. And you know I hate the word literally. Why overpay? It doesn't make any sense. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right in that, how did you hear about us box? Put my last name, Bongino, so they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Even Paul is singing it out. Rockauto.com. 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 I actually like singing on the show, even though I know it's torture for all of you. Very sorry. I know my voice is awful. Joe can actually sing. He was a pro musician. I still, you promised me that photo, Joe. You never got it to me. Ah, I forgot. The photo of Joe in his, in his, in his, uh, yeah, we need that. I want proof to my audience that you are the real, you're the real deal. (laughs) Okay. I'll give you the, uh, there we go. I, that blue screen of doom, even though when it comes up first, it always worries me. I read everything in a, in a, in a prompter when it comes to spots and stuff. If the blue screen of doom comes on, we're we're in real trouble. All right. Getting right back to it. President Trump is pledged to now declassify. What I've heard is a foot and a half high stack of Spygate documents. Uh, Just the news. John Solomon, who's been all over this story from the beginning, has a story, again, available in my show notes. Please subscribe to my email list. We added like 100,000 new names. We had an open rate the other day, by the way, of 96%, which is pretty amazing. Thank you. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please. Hard ask. I'm begging. Please. I don't know how long we'll be around be able to communicate with you. Trump's declassifying a trobe of FBI memos exposing Christopher Steele's motivations and ties to impeachment witnesses. Once secret documents will show Steele told the FBI he leaked Russia collusion, he leaked the Russian collusion narrative. Let me just give you the big takeaways from what I'm relatively confident is going to come out there. We know, obviously, the FBI, in conjunction with the Hillary Clinton campaign and Barack Obama, spied on President Trump. Very simple story. No need for a complicated nuance today. What I think are going to be the big takeaways today from this declassification, what you're going to hear on the news today is going to be this. John Solomon, and I'm going to add a couple to this too, from John Solomon's piece. First, we know Christopher Steele was a foreign agent. We know Christopher Steele as a foreign agent. I thought that was collusion. John just checked foreign agent. He wasn't a United States Hmm. citizen. Um, Was a foreign agent. We know he used the press to lie to America to help Hillary Clinton. Here's just the news site from John, John Solomon. Among the bombshell revelations is an admission by Steele that he violated his confidential human source agreement with the FBI and leaked information from his dossier to the news media in the final weeks of the election. Why? Because he wanted to counteract new revelations in the Hillary Clinton email scandal that were hurting her election efforts. The former foreign intelligence officer made the confession in a fall 2017 interview with agents. Wow, that interview is going to be fascinating to see that, ain't it? Nothing new here. I mean, the Democrats, I'm I'm sorry to say it, folks. You want me to, you know, have any sense of optimism about it? The Democrats won on this. I told you their strategy from the beginning. We now know what I've told you for four years. A foreign agent manipulated and lied to the U.S. press that lied to you to change the results of the 2016 election and lie to America to help Hillary Clinton. And yet Donald Trump still won. And no one in the press seems to care about the biggest bombshell of all time because the Democrats' strategy worked. Drip, 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 drip. Wait to the end. 
Now it gets declassified. The biggest story in modern American history comes out that a foreign agent colluded with the Hillary campaign campaign to interfere in the 2016 election, basically admitted as much in documents. And what's the press going to be after the drip, drip, drip? Ah, it's old news, folks. We heard this a long time ago. It worked. No, it worked. You want me to be a, oh, we won. No, 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 no. We lost that one. I didn't lose it. I put it out there. But of course, we were the conspiracy theory by the left. Now we've all been proven right. Yet, Of course, they'll get Pulitzer Prizes for lying about me and others forever. Here's another screenshot from the piece. Again, for those in the left saying, ah, the Obama-Biden team, they didn't know about any of this. Ha, that's hilarious. Late last year, the Trump administration declassified evidence showing that the CIA warned President Obama and the FBI that it had intercepted intelligence indicating Hillary Clinton had personally ordered up an operation to vilify Trump with a false story of collusion as a means of distracting from the negative publicity of her email scandal. So just to be... Again, crystal clear. Hillary Clinton colluded with a foreign agent to make up a story and the stupid American press took the story, lied to the American people to collude to interfere in the 2016 election. The Obama administration, you know, the one Biden was a part of, was warned about it by her own CIA and just basically ignored it and ran with it anyway. Like only the biggest story of our time, but no worries, media. No worries. We got this. By the way, if you're interested in my latest book, Follow the Money, this is all covered in detail. Why do I bring that up? Not to plug a book and, hey, buy my book. I hate it's really annoying. But the details are in there. And one of the details I talk about, and the reason I talk about following the money and following the evidence trails, because one of the key assertions of the book, and the reason I wrote it, is to show you that the same people involved in the impeachment hoax, the first one, not the second, uh, impeachment hoax. The first impeachment hoax were the same people involved in Spygate. So the people who spied on Donald Trump and were involved in the spying operation on Donald Trump then tried to impeach Donald Trump on fake charges because they were afraid their spying would be exposed. Weird how I said that in the book and lay out that case pretty conclusively. Extensive footnoting. Weird how we said that no one in the media seemed to pay attention. Why am I bringing that up now? Because, folks, one of the allegations I'm hearing is going to come out today as well is Fiona Hill. Oh, remember Fiona Hill? Yeah. She testified at the impeachment hearing as uh, one of these national security officials, the serious people. We're all idiots. Fiona Hill was involved in the whole Russia portfolio and everything. I'm hearing it's going to come out that it was Fiona Hill who connected Christopher Steele, you know, the foreign spy, to the primary subsource he said he got his information from, This, you know, the info about the PP tape and stuff. What was a U.S. government official or someone working at the Brookings Institute? What were they doing there, connecting people to a foreign spy who was making up allegations and lying to the press and then testifying later in the impeachment hearing? Yeah, yeah, I don't know too much about that stuff. I just remember Steele from our time together working in the bureaucratic channels. That's really strange how she just appeared at that impeachment thing, isn't it? Let me tell you what else I'm hearing is going to come out. The role of Stefan Halper, who I've only told you for uh, four years now, the key scandal in this, the uh, FBI uh, spy who was uh, working with the FBI, spying on the Trump team, that Stefan Halper received payments from the Office of Net Assessments. That's a government office in the Pentagon, which means by default it's funded by you. 
that Stefan Halper's payments were uh, via, uh, via your tax dollars. He was paid from 2012 to March of 2018, over a million dollars. What was he paid for? Wouldn't it be really weird if your tax dollars, really strange, financed a spying operation on Donald Trump? <laughs> that would be really strange. Of course, if you're a regular listener, that's old news. And again, in case you think, you know, in my book and all that, oh my gosh, it's all conspiracy theories, Dan, you're crazy. Uh, apparently not. I don't know if I've showed you this yet, if I have on the show before, but I'll show you now. We got a hold of emails from the Ukrainian embassy and government officials who seem to be very concerned about Dan Bongino. Yeah, that's me doing a third person Bob Dole style. We had people in the United States government, as I started to write my book, Spygate, Exonerated, and Follow the Money, who seemed to be very concerned about my reporting. Why? I thought it was a conspiracy. I thought it wasn't worth paying any attention. It was all lies. Here's a series of emails that have, were released not that long ago from people in the Ukrainian embassy overseas reporting back to another person, uh, Marie Ivanovich, or another diplomat in Ukraine, who is uh, makes an appearance in her story um, in my book somewhere. Uh, they seem to be awfully concerned as they send emails back and forth about Sean Hannity. And there it is, Dan Bongino. Yeah, he continues to report on the story. It's amazing I can read that, right? That's crazy how small that is. I have just like ridiculously good eyesight. I know, self-praise stinks. Everything else is falling apart. I can barely hear anything, but I can see really well. <laughs> Joe, I thought it was a conspiracy theory. If it's a conspiracy theory and I made all that stuff up despite extensive citations and, and 20, 30 pages of footnotes in each book, then why are Ukrainian embassy officials, the same people involved in the impeachment hoax, emailing each other back and forth concerned about my reporting? I'm, I'm just asking. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking. Because we've been right all along. And the misinformation and disinformation specialists on the left have been lying to you. All right, um, let me get to my last sponsor. I want to get to uh, the video. You're probably wondering, like, gosh, damn, with everything going on in Parlor, how come you haven't played the Jack Dorsey video? I got that. And I've got another, just some comments on this public-private self thing that are really important. I got to yesterday. And hat tip, our audience archivist, Judy Skinner, sent me something. I didn't even realize it was in one one of my books. I forgot it's been so long. All right, our last sponsor is Paint Your Life. Our last sponsor is Paint Your Life. Why do I say our last sponsor is Paint Your Life? Because the new remote and the technology is not very good. Maybe that sucker needs a new battery. Paint Your Life. <laughs> our family hasn't been able to get together for quite a while now. But I found a way to bring us all together safely with paintyourlife.com. Get a professional. Awesome. I threw that in there because it is. Hand-painted portrait created from any photo, any photo at a truly affordable price. Choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them until every detail is perfect. Let me just get to the chase here because this is a cut to the chase. You have a really cool photo? You got my Christmas card list? You get my family photo in the backyard? Turn it into a timeless painting right now. They have a user-friendly platform that lets you order a custom-made, hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. The process is quick and easy. Get a hand-painted portrait in about three weeks. Send any picture, yourself, your kids, your family, a special place, your pet like Lucy, she's on the back of our Christmas card. Or combine photos into one painting. It makes an incredible birthday, anniversary, or wedding gift. It's meaningful, personal, and can be cherished forever. Come on, it's hard to find gifts now. Everything's so commoditized. Paint Your Life is the perfect place to go. There's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. Right now, a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off. And free shipping. Here's how you get the offer. Text 
the word Dan to 64,000. Text the word Dan, D-A-N, to 64,000. Text Dan to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text Dan to 64,000. Okay. So Project Veritas strikes again. I said to Paula yesterday. Did I now, Paula? I said, uh, is there a more feared person in America right now than James O'Keefe at Project Veritas? This guy's his network of informants is amazing. He's got people everywhere. CNN, Twitter, all over the place who are probably fed up with media PP tape misinformation scandals and big tech censorship. So they send them stuff. So this is Project Veritas, James O'Keefe. They got a video of Jack Dorsey, who runs Twitter there, on tape, basically admitting, here's about a minute clip of this. You can watch the whole thing at Project Veritas' website. Uh, you can see the whole thing. I'm sure he's got more coming. He says he does. Here's Dorsey admitting that they were focused on one account, the president, which seems kind of weird. Maybe focus on the Ayatollah Khomeini recommending genocide on your platform, Joe. Just an idea. Just <laughs> suggest maybe that's the account you want to focus on. <laughs> so here's him on tape admitting you were focused on one account. Appears to be Donald Trump referencing the context he's talking. And he goes on to say, but don't worry. It's bigger than that, too. Oh, there's more coming? Twitter's only purged like what? Uh, like one one hundredth of the platform? It was more next? I, I don't know. I can't, I can't even figure out the numbers. Check this out. Here's Dorsey. Always feel free to express yourself in whatever format, manifestation feels like. We do intend to do a full retro, as I said in my note. It is going to take some time. Um, and then the, the other thing, just to just to close out a little bit, we... You know, we, we are focused on one account right now, but this is going to be much bigger than just one account. And it's going to go on for much longer than just this day, this week, in the next few weeks. It's going to go on beyond the inauguration. We have to expect that. We have to be ready for that. So the focus is certainly on this account and um, how it ties to real-world violence. But also, we need to think much longer term around how these dynamics play out over time. Um, I don't believe this is going away anytime soon. And the moves that we're making today uh, around QAnon, uh, for instance, is one such example of a much broader approach um, that we should be looking at um, and going deeper on. So um, the team has a lot of work and a lot of focus on this particular issue. Uh, we also need to give them the space and the support to focus on you know, the most bigger picture uh, because it is, it is not going away. Priorities, man. You know, I mean, you got the Ayatollah talking about mass genocide in an Iranian terrorist regime that's probably been responsible for the deaths of tens of thousands of Americans over a decade, but definitely focus on the Donald Trump account. That is it. Twitter, you were really doing a public service. Don't even bother with the, uh, the Chinese Communist Party talking about on Twitter's platform how they're sterilizing Uyghurs for their own good. Don't worry about that. You got to focus on that one account, like Jack said. If you're falling for this guy's BS, like the Wall Street Journal did, listen, I, I, like I told you, they got good people there and, and some silly people at the Journal. I'm sorry. In the op-ed column this morning, they're actually like, Jack Dorsey, he's, he's deliberating and at least he's doing a, a retrospective. Jack Dorsey is the biggest fraud on planet Earth and only dopes 
The, the smart dopes. Remember, who's dangerous? Smart, stupid people are dangerous. Stupid, stupid people are not as dangerous as smart, stupid people. Don't ever forget that. That's axiomatic. Trust me. I've been, unfortunately, on the receiving end of this, dealing with smart, stupid people. Jack is a smart, stupid person. They are the most dangerous people on the planet. With his, with his dopey looking, you know, six foot tall, I live in a, I'm a hermit and then like living in a cave in the middle of Utah somewhere, Beard trying to pretend he's some kind of new bohemian. This guy is a fraud of epic proportions. He's a liberal activist and a simple-minded one. This nonsense, and the journal fell for it. He's being introspective about his role. <laughs> really? Really, guys? And ladies there, really? Are you smart, stupid people too, like you fell for this? He's got the Ayatollah calling for genocide in Israel, and he's worried about Donald Trump, and you're like giving him a, giving him a hat to Jack, thanks for being so introspective. Holy Moses, smart, stupid people are the most dangerous people on the planet. All right, let me move on. Form your own company, free market. Yeah, we did, parlor. And then you tried to wipe us off the face of the earth. <laughs> but don't worry, Jack's deliberating on it, as if I owe something to Jack Dorsey. All right, um, listen, yesterday during the show, I brought up the danger of this, and that's why I put it after the Dorsey segment that big tech are acting as de facto government agents. AOC, Ro Khanna, a number of Democrats on the Senate side as well have threatened big tech. You better do something. Big tech, then what? Goes and restricts constitutionally protected speech. So those of you still, and there's very few, I would get it. We used to get a lot of emails on this. To give you some inside scoop, we get none now which says to me even conservatives and libertarians are starting to figure out that this is not a free market argument. They're a free market company, private company, Twitter can do what they want. They are not. They are acting as an arm of the government. The government threatens them, ban constitutionally protected speech, and then they do it, making them a de facto government. It's not a free market if they're acting on behalf of the government what the government can't do itself. And I warned you, ladies and gentlemen, citing that article at the information the other day, it was in the show notes, was it yesterday or two days ago? No, it was yesterday. Read that article in the yesterday's show notes from, uh, what is it, the information or whatever, where a left-leaning writer, who appears to be a left-leaning writer, says if private companies are going to wipe off the face of the earth at the behest of government officials, any competition where people are allowed to speak freely, speak freely where people are allowed to smeal mainly. Some of you will get that joke. If they're going to wipe out any alternative where free speech, constitutionally protected speech is allowed at the behest of the government, you are violating constitutional rights as a de facto government yourself. And I warned you, and that article warned you, that what's going to happen is, as a mainstream platform like Parler gets wiped out, people are then going to move to encrypted apps, Signal, and other places. How long, ladies and gentlemen, before liberal anti-civil liberties, totalitarian hate groups, basically, who are running the country right now, how long before they pressure Google and Apple to start scanning emails and iMessages? And as Kimberly Strassel brings up in the Wall Street Journal today, one of the good ones, Joe, how long before liberal groups start saying, hey, if anyone questions climate change in an iMessage or an email, 
Yeah, we need to have their account wiped out. They can't send email. Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Huh? Really? The wiping out of Parler from the face of the earth was a conspiracy theory before it happened last weekend. Good point, right, Joe? Strassel? Yeah, man. That's a great point. Parlays, pun intended, on what I told you yesterday during the show. How long before you're not allowed to send email? How long before your business account and email shut down? How long before you're not allowed to send texts on your Apple phone through iMessages? Well, audience archivist Judy, who's been with us, like, seriously, from the beginning. She knows everything, but I'm not kidding. Judy S. I'm going to say her last name because the liberals will show up and burn her whole state down to find you. My mother's name is Judy, by the way. There's not many Judys left. That was a cool name. Judy. Was that my mother, Judy Garland. You know, what happened to you? Why did Judy go away? Judy's a cool name. I like Judy. Judy S., who liberals, again, will try to hunt down, I'm sure. She knows more about my show than I know. She says, Dan, I love that conversation about the public and private self. She says, you brought this up in your other book, The Fight. It was my, was it my second book? My second book. Candidly, folks, it was my worst selling book. And I don't know why. I love that book. That book was, I put a lot of work into that book. I had some help with research and stuff on it. That book was 100% me, the first one. I had help on other books, researchers and things like that, editors and stuff. That book and 100% Dan Bongino's stream of consciousness. And there's some really cool stuff in there about the security situation in the United States. And she's like, hey, Dan, what is it? Chapter five of your book, The Fight, you mentioned that when iMessages and, and what you were talking about the other day, when iMessages and Google email, when you're prevented from sending emails because private companies, the behest of the government are watching your email now and scanning for words and phrases and banning you, that the private and public self, the distinction disappears. That's the very hallmark of a totalitarian regime. Totalitarian regimes, there is no private self. Everything's the public self. They encourage kids to rat on their parents in the confines of their own home. They'll put bugs in your house, and your hotel room. There's no constitute. I'm not talking about insects. I'm talking about listening and recording devices. This happens in totalitarian regimes all the time. I'll never forget going to Russia as an agent in my last line of work and then briefing us as we got off the C5, every one of your rooms is bugged. There wasn't even a question. It wasn't like it may be. It was like they are. Just be wary. You're like, my gosh, that's weird. I don't have a private self. Is there video in the, in the bathroom when I'm taking a shower? Yeah, there is. There's no private self. How does that feel? How does that feel to liberals who are ushering in this new era of a disappearing private self where everything is public because they want everything scanned and the public to have access to, including your emails, your iMessages, your ability to speak on parlor? How do they feel about that? The answer is they love it until it turns on them. Remember Solzhenitsyn, the first circle, talks about how all the scientists and the smart people, just like here in academia, Joe, ushered in the communist revolution because they believed in it until it turned on them and they were put in prisons themselves and asked to use their scientific expertise to track their own friends down and put them in prison too talks about the mental trauma that caused. But liberals, of course, are, they're the smart, stupid people. They've never read history. They don't even know who Solzhenitsyn is. And they're ushering in a new surveillance state right now where there is no longer a private self and everything is public for the world to see. 
Let's see how much they love it when it hits on them. So Judy sent this piece over uh, via email of uh, an excerpt from chapter five from my book, The Fight was my third book. Um, I'd like to read it if you don't mind. It's not very long, but shows you I've been thinking about this for a long time. I hope I can read. Oh, I can. Good. Yeah, my eyesight. I just got done unnecessarily bragging about my stupid eyesight thing. I was talking about the Sony hack in one of the chapters. Remember that when Sony got hacked into yeah. by uh, a foreign government and all their, 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 their subsequent releases, their sensitive emails. I say, uh, the hacking of Sony and the subsequent release of sensitive emails and the corporate secrets will become ubiquitous in the future. And anyone with a public profile will become a potential target for bribery and extortion through the hacking of their personal communications. Keep that up a second. So I was going in a different direction in the fight, but Judy's right. I was talking about the disappearance of your personal life via email and elsewhere because state and private actors will generally in the future have the ability to hack into that and everything you write or say will become public, which will be an embarrassment like it was for Sony. But I went on. And that will make you, of course, subject to extortion and everything else, especially if you have stuff in there you don't want people to see. I'm not talking about crimes. I'm talking about like stuff. You know what I mean? I say one of the ironies of the unfolding, unfolding surveillance state sounds like what I talked about the other day both government and private surveillance, is that a blurry distinction between the public self and the private self was once the near exclusive hallmark of totalitarian regimes and command and control economies. I write, we all have a public self and that public self acts and speaks far differently than the private self does. Come on, we know that. As citizens of the United States, a republic, we understand the distinction between how we act when we know or feel we're being watched and how we act more confident that we're alone. This confidence in the personal self, that we are alone and behaving as the personal self is, is not a feeling shared by people who were reared under the heavy hand of government in totalitarian regimes, where friends, family, and neighbors are taught that their most important loyalty is to the state. This perverted sense of loyalty to the state overall encourages those friends, family, and neighbors to report on any acts of perceived subversion or insubordination. The psychological ramifications to a person's sense of privacy and individuality are devastating from the many personal accounts I heard from people raised under repressive state regimes. Thank you, Judy, for sending that. Honestly, I forgot I wrote that. That book was a long time ago. But I remember what inspired that chapter. I was out on the eastern shore of Maryland at an event. And a woman who was raised in the communist portions of this, uh, the, excuse me, the communist Soviet Union, portions external to the modern Russian, uh, 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 modern Russia we know, but part of the old Soviet bloc. She pulled me aside in an event. I was running for uh, uh, Senate at the time. She pulled me aside in an event. And she told me that the worst part of living in a totalitarian command and control state like that was not necessarily the fear of the government. It was usually a distant creature for them. It was the fear of people reporting them to the government. In other words, that their fellow citizens were acting as little mini de facto governments themselves. Mini de facto governments. Kind of sounds like Twitter and Google scanning and watching everybody and selling your data and then acting at the behest of the government to shut you down and make sure you can never speak. You like that? Maybe you should uh, Twitter, Facebook, Apple, Google, Amazon. Maybe all these other companies that tried to cancel Parler. 
Maybe you should talk to that woman and track her down. I spoke to about the psychological ramifications of having upwards of 75 million Americans feel like they're under siege all the time by being watched and monitored. Maybe you should ask them about that. Maybe you should really deliberate on where that's going and not be a phony fraud like Jack and send a tweet about it, but actually advance the opposite. I'm very concerned about where this is going. Yeah, you're going it. You're doing it. That's real introspection, not smart, stupid people introspection like the Wall Street Journal fell for. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. It's been a rough week. Um, you know, I will keep you updated from uh, as much as I can tell you from the inside on Parler. We will be back. We will be back. Parler.com. I have a few asks. Again, please sign up for my email list, bongito.com slash newsletter. I'm sorry. I apologize. I hate asking it. If you want to pick up my books and read that, fine. The fight's been out forever. Uh, Follow the Money does discuss the interaction between the impeachment and that. And please check out bonginoreport.com. That is your uh, news aggregator alternative to Drudge, which has gone radical left. I mean, off the crazy train. Bonginoreport.com. That's different than Bongino.com. Check them out. We do original writing over there, but Bonginoreport.com. Make it your new home for news in the morning bookmark. We really appreciate it. I'll see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.